Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money Markets, uh, here with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Again, uh, before we jump into anything, I do want to make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you are not on YouTube, go to youtube.com, search Money and Markets, uh, find that green Bull and Bear logo, uh, hit that subscribe button, and then you can also get that bell and get notified each and every time we put up a new video. If you're already on YouTube, very simple. Just find, hit subscribe, hit the bell, you're all set to go. We got a lot of stuff uh, that we put out on YouTube each and every week. So you don't want to miss out on all that content. We've got the marijuana market update. We've got Ask Adam Anything. We've got Investing with Charles Sizemore, plus the Bull and the Bear podcast. So you don't want to miss out on any of that. Also, check out moneyandmarkets.com. Uh, that's where we provide you safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information for your investment portfolio every single day of the week, including sending you out a free daily e-letter that has all that information for you in your inbox every day, for free. And yes, that includes Saturday and Sunday. We do make Charles Sizemore work on the weekends because it makes up for his lack of production during the week. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get right into it again. As uh, if, if you are uh, on video, you can see I do have Green's Unfortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, as well as our chief investment strategist and uh, Green's Unfortunes founder, Adam O'Dell, uh, joining me this weekend. Great to have us all here. It's uh, been kind of hit and miss. Schedules have uh, been kind of hinky of late, but I'm glad you guys are are, are with us and uh, it's the three of us this week. Now I'm going to move on today quickly um, because I think this is kind of an important topic to discuss. Um, I know that, you know, he, moving to South Florida from, from, from South Carolina, um, one thing that was a bit of sticker shock for, for us was gas prices. Um, you know, in South Carolina, the gas tax is very, very low. Uh, and it's indicative because the roads are typically very, very bad, which is what gas tax usually pays for. Uh, moving to Florida, that that increased. Well, we kind of got used to it, but then all of a sudden, uh, you know, gas prices just kind of went through the roof and touched on $3. I know in California, it's close to $4 a gallon. Uh, you know, and there were instances where people were just lining up to get gas because the prices were moving up so high. And I know you guys have experienced kind of the, uh, you know, the similar types of things. And it's all kind of centers around a theme, but I want to go around and, 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 and kind of get your, your thoughts on different things that you've experienced out, out in the wild, if you will. Charles, you know, what, what, what kind of things are you, are, are you seeing out there? You're, you're in Texas, by the way, just so, just so we're very clear and, and, and geographically accurate. You are in Texas. So what are you seeing? In well, Texas? I'm in Texas at this exact moment, but I've been roaming like a gypsy these days. But uh, yeah, you hear about these, these shortages that are leading to price hikes and particularly you know, even in labor. And you're seeing this in the wild. I mean, this is not something that you're, this is not something that you're just seeing in a headline or in, in the statistics. You're, you're seeing it in the real world. I was, uh, I was just in Orlando, and, and shame on me, I was the idiot that went to Orlando theme parks on, on uh, uh, late labor, Memorial, wow, what holiday is it? Memorial Day, thank you. Memorial Day weekend, I was that idiot who decided to fight those crowds, but uh, they don't, we were, we were at the hotel for, for a couple days, and they said, you know, for COVID reasons, they don't, um, they don't clean the rooms. And I asked the, the manager, come on, I mean, really, like we're here for five days and you're not going to clean the room for, for COVID reasons. He's like, man, I'll be honest with you. We, uh, we don't have the labor. And this was a nicer hotel. He, uh, this was not, you know, some flea bag motel or something. This was a decent hotel and he didn't have labor to clean the rooms every day. So they were kind of using 
the COVID uh, thing as 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 as, uh, as as a convenient excuse. Um, more recently, I had a, a buddy driving through Oklahoma to get back to Texas, and there was a big sign at an Arby's fast food joint of all things that said, "Do you need money? We pay daily." They're so desperate for for labor there that they're offering to pay daily, like, like not even weekly or bi-weekly, daily. Yeah, I don't so, know. Uh, I, I don't know of any places that pay, pay daily. That's so unusual. No, usually that's like like wait like like day labor for you know you need somebody to dig a ditch or something at a construction site. Uh, you don't you don't think of that as like semi regular employment, but but that's how like that's how desperate you know that's how short that's that's how in short supply labor is right now. And I noticed that just about everyone, and I mean everyone from fast food restaurants to uh, grocery stores, retail stores are all offering $500 sign-on bonuses. If you, if you go to work for them, it's, it's unreal. I, I've never seen anything like that. Adam O'Dell, uh, you, uh, are, are with me here in South Florida, not with me, with me, but you are in the same vicinity. Um, what, what, what have you seen in your travels and, and out, uh, out, out in the world? Yeah. So I have a seven month old, so I'm not actually getting out in the world all that much, but, uh, <laughs> um, in that vein, we actually order most of our groceries through Instacart. And um, prior to the last six months or so, we never had any issues with, uh, you know, we basically put in our order and the person shopping for us uh, would find everything and whatnot. So I brought, I brought some props um, in the past month or so. Here is my uh, espresso that I drink every single morning. Ooh. And I haven't been able to get this for uh, several weeks. So I'm kind of trying to hoard that. Uh, so coffee seems to be in short supply. Um, these are my wife's favorite snacks. These are roasted salted cashews. And uh, I have a number of pictures from the Instacart people where they take a picture of like, you know, those big bins of nuts that you kind of pull the crank and they, they come out. And, uh, and so the, those were empty uh, for several weeks. So there seems to be a shortage in cashews, roasted salted cashews. Uh, also, I didn't bring a prop for this one, but uh, we installed a porch swing on our back screen in porch. And I had to go to Home Depot for uh, four by four because the, the, the chains weren't lined up with the joist. So I had to do some cross bracing. And um, I was really surprised with the price of lumber there. A good thing I'm not actually doing a full renovation or God forbid building a house right now. Uh, but I did notice that the price of lumber was up a good bit. We've talked about that in the past. So it's interesting whether it's in the food uh, or in the construction industry. Uh, we've talked about uh, computer chips before, CPUs and GPUs. That's obviously a huge uh, shortage there. So it seems to be across the entire supply chain, which isn't too surprising because COVID was really a, a global all at once, um, you know, pandemic and, and market disruption. So um, I think it'll be here to last for a while, but I'm interested in uh, hearing your all's take on how long it'll last as well. Well, this it, it kind of dovetails nicely into where I was going here. Now, obviously, you know, prices are up for a lot of different things, gas, lumber, we, we've talked about all these things and, and labor supply, uh, you know, people just and you can and you can equivalent it to whatever you want, whether it's that people were getting paid more by you know getting unemployment checks with COVID stimulus uh, than they would make if they were went back went back into the workforce. Whatever uh, we see a lot of states that are ending that, however that may be. But um, it, and it's easy to blame politics, I think, for why you pay more today for what you could have bought a year ago or why things aren't on the shelf. But it goes a lot deeper than politics. I think it's kind of important. And I'm going to take a little bit of a history. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a history lesson, not you guys, but I think in general, I think you guys might know this, but um, what we're experiencing has, has actually a term because it's not new. Uh, it's called the shortage economy. Uh, and, and, and this phrase has been around for a long time, but it was kind of made uh, into the mainstream back in 1980. Uh, Hungarian economist Janos Kornai 
uh, actually wrote a book and he was referring to, I, I believe, shortages in, 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 in bread lines and things like that in Eastern Bloc countries. But it's basically the shortage economy is a way to describe frequent and chronic shortages of goods and services. Um, in economics, as most people know, when demand for product outpaces supply, the price of the product goes up. That's, that, that's kind of how it works. Now, I pulled some figures and I want to show, show first the price of lumber futures. Uh, this is basically, you know, buying a, a board foot or FBM uh, of lumber. A year ago, uh, a board foot of lumber was selling for about $363, which is, you know, kind of in line. That was just out of the COVID crash into the summer. Uh, you know, things were starting to pick up in terms of a little construction. Things were being loosened a little bit. Now, today, that's $363. Today, that same piece of lumber on the July 2021 future will cost you $1,206 a board foot. That's a 232% increase in price. And, and Adam touched on this a little bit when talking about homes, so that it means the cost to build anything, houses, backyard sheds, tree houses, porch swings, whatever, uh, costs you way more today than it did even just a year ago. And that's not the only commodity. I also looked at West Texas Intermediate Crude, you know, the crude oil that we, uh, we, we have here in the United States that's used to make gasoline for our vehicles, uh, you know, and also many other things. Crude oil is not just a gasoline product. It, it is used for other things, but it has also jumped in price. A year ago, one barrel of West Texas Intermediate Crude, $35.44. Okay, remember that. Today, you know, based on the July 2021 future, the same price of oil, $68.78 a barrel. That's an increase of 94%. Now, to put all that, you know, first off, the lumber is very high. West Texas Intermediate Crude, however, that's not an uncommon price point at $68. 65 to 62, that's, you know, kind of in line with where we were pre-COVID. Uh, 2018, 2017, that was kind of where those, those barrel prices were. So it's not necessarily that we're seeing a shock to the system. It's just whenever you experience such low gas prices and such low oil prices, uh, then all of a sudden you see this 94% uptick in just 12 months time, um, that is a shock to the system. Suppliers are playing catch up on demand. We talked about semiconductors, Adam did. We've talked about it before. Uh, chips being used, everything from smartphones to automobiles. Uh, you know, the, the supply of, of, of semiconductors are so low that US, U.S. auto manufacturers have threatened to trim production, which is going to drive up the price of cars. Um, it's a slow grind uh, because demand continues to be higher than supply. It's going to be that way for a while. So I'm going to ask both of you, first off, um, uh, London School of Economics uh, trained uh, Charles Sizemore. Uh, again, we talked about this concept that the shortage economy isn't new. So what does history really tell us about what we're experiencing right now? Well, if you want to go, if you really want to do the history game, you know, look at Thomas Malthus. You know, he, uh, you know, pre-industrial economist that believed that the world would starve because, you know, we had, you know, population growth out of control and limited resources. And eventually the price of these resources would get to a point where poor people couldn't afford it and they would just die. And it didn't work out that way, of course. Um, the Industrial Revolution happened. Capitalism worked um, for them. You know, it didn't work in the Eastern Bloc, of course, but it, it uh well, they didn't have capitalism there, which is why it didn't work there. But the, the capitalist system did what it, what it was supposed to do. Like it increased production and, and met demand. When supply rises to meet demand, you no longer have a shortage. Uh, in fact, if supply really gets underway, you have, uh, you have surplus, which means prices fall. That's really been the reality for most of our lifetimes. 
Uh, we were all born you know, in, in, in the 70s, and, and the 70s were, were not a, a good decade economically, that there were, there were upheavals then. But for most of the 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s, 2010, 2010s, it's been a time of abundance. It's actually been a time of a, like too much supply, arguably, and kind of persistent deflationary trends. So what happens? You know, what, what happens now? Well, uh, the Fed insists that all of this inflation is transitory. Uh, that's the word they use. We'll, um, we'll see. Inflation, um, there are things that are sticky and there's things that are not. You know, wage inflation tends to be sticky. If you raise somebody's, you know, this, this guy that you could have gotten for five bucks an hour before because of the labor shortage, you're having to pay 10 or 15 now, it's going to be really hard to get him to take five bucks again in the future now that there's, you know, once the labor supply comes back into balance, it's going to be really hard to push wages back down, right? I mean, you, once you get used to making a, a certain wage, you, you're you know, you're used to it. You don't want to go back down. Um, other things really are flexible. When uh, you know the price when the price of crude oil rises or falls, gasoline rises or falls with it. it it's you know those prices are not sticky at all, but uh, some consumer prices are. Producer prices, for the most part, just they're not sticky in the slightest. Lumber, I have no doubt lumber will be cheaper a year from now, but the price of the house that was built with that lumber may not. That, that difference may just be the profit that the home builder keeps. So this will be resolved, but some of these, some of these price hikes are likely to be permanent. And so I want to look at this more from an investor's perspective, because that's, I mean, that's kind of what we're about here is to take these, these ideas and these trends and what we see and kind of bring that back to an investor level. And, and Adam O'Dell, is there anything that you see here that investors can focus on or look at within their portfolio or even outside their portfolio to kind of work within the shortage economy that we're experiencing? Sure. Um, I have a very pragmatic, practical solution, but uh, before I get there, let's back up to it. Now, I didn't go to a school that has a school of economics in it, but I know a thing or two about economics. And, and two, two ways that I look at it is, you know, one, supply and demand. Anytime that demand outstrips supply, meaning there's more demand than there is supply, you get rising prices. So that's kind of economics 101. Uh, the second part of that, maybe economics 201, is that is the saying that the best cure for high commodity prices is high commodity prices. And that's one of those riddles that takes a, a bit of explanation, basically that when commodity prices are high, that uh, induces or entices uh, commodity producers to ramp up production. So whether it's a, a gold miner or an oil driller or a chip maker, um, it, it incentivizes them with a higher selling price for their end market goods to ramp up production. And so that, that ramp up production uh, brings on more supply and then suddenly that imbalance uh, changes so that you have more supply than you have demand. And anytime you have more supply than the demand, then the price goes down. And that's why they say the best cure for high prices is high prices. Well, what they never said in that theory is the length of time that it takes for that cure to happen. Okay, so if it's something like a, a chip manufacturer outside of the Bitcoin world where Chinese miners are just basically buying up every CPU and GPU, you know, before it's even built outside of that, you know, a chip maker might be able to ramp up production pretty quick. They've got these automated assembly lines and they can probably do it fairly fast. But what about the lumber market? I mean, it takes about 80 years for, uh, you know, the pine up in Canada and the, and the Pacific Northwest to grow to a certain size. And then it takes a good amount of time for them to, to mill that. And so they can't just ramp up production overnight or even in a matter of weeks or months. So my point with this is saying that 
I think that this imbalance is going to last a lot longer than most people think. I think that the high prices and commodities right now will be cured. Uh, I think that supply will come online and, and demand will level out from the kind of V-shaped recovery, you know, as far as the reopening. But I think it's going to take a longer period of time than most people expect. Most people expect these things to happen overnight, because as Charles said, most of us were born in the 70s, a little bit of a correction. I was born in the 80s, very, very beginning of the 80s. But, but nonetheless, we lived... We lived in an economy where he's just, he's just a baby, just a baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think his point was, is we live in a, this modern age of, you know, where, you know, the, the you know, industrial world is, is supplying everything that we need. And we don't really have an experience in our own lifetimes of these major shortages, maybe in, in pockets of the supply chain here and there. But across the global supply chain, this is really the first of its kind as far as uh, myself, uh, me observing this. Um, so I think it's going to last longer. What you can do, practically speaking, is have some exposure to commodities. You know, so so buy either an oil ETF or buy um, a broad, uh, diversified basket of ETFs. Uh, excuse me, commodities in the form of an ETF. Um, it just you know, the if you look at the, the nine stock sectors year to date, there's only one stock sector that's up more than DBC, which is a broad commodities based. Uh, ETF, uh, so that it has exposure to oil and agricultures and, and things like that. Um, there's only one stock sector that's up more than uh, commodities, and that is the energy sector, which is com you know heavily commodities based, basically. So, um, so I would definitely gain some exposure to commodities right now. I think it's going to last longer than most people expect. And I tend to agree. I think, you know, and like I said, I go back to, and I mentioned politics because I know that's a common cop out. Uh, that, oh, well, it's because of this or that or the other, who was elected, who's in Congress, who's not in Congress. And, and really, at the end of the day, uh, if you think of it on, on a realistic level, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, it may play a very minute part of it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, it's the actions of the consumer and it's the actions of the producer. Uh, oh, Matt, by the way, this is, there is nothing new under the sun. Uh, the Viking King Canute that uh, really England for a while. He got so sick of all of his courtiers saying, you know, we have this problem, fix it. We have this problem, fix it. He had the court moved to the coast. They went from London to the coast and he very theatrically got up and commanded the tides. And of course the ocean did not respond. And so he turned to his courtiers and said, see, I, I can't do it. I can't do everything guys, leave me alone. So I just want to put in perspective that that is the well-paid, well-balanced education from the London School of Economics <laughs> that just gave you that anecdote. I got that from a fortune cookie, but, uh, but whereas, but, but, whereas <laughs> you know, I, I, I went to Johns Hopkins, go Blue Jays and Adam O'Dell, uh, he did not go to, he did not go to London School of Economics either. And we have no, no, no tales of Viking lore. Well, it's a good anecdote. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Anyway, pick a president, uh, Biden, Trump, uh, Obama, whoever, just pick one. And uh, they can't command the tides either. Um, exactly. No matter how hard they may try or, or, or not try. Yeah, <laughs> they, I mean, like can't. I said, it's, it, you have to look at this from an economic perspective, not from a political perspective. Um, so and economics, as we've talked about over and over and over today, is that, uh, you know, when supply uh, is, is less than demand, then prices go up. Vice versa, when those things are flipped, when when the supply is high, demand is low, prices go down. So it's you know it's very simple. I mean, again, there's, there's much more to it than that. But in terms of boiling down to its most simplistic, 
that is about as simple as you can get it. So uh, we'll close out with that right there. I want to go around the room real quick, get some final thoughts. I know there's been a lot of stuff going on this this week. Uh, uh, AMC, there, uh, you, know, you know, still labor shortages, labor issues, things like that. We've seen uh, just a lot of stuff over the course of a very short trading week, uh, interesting enough. So uh, Charles Sizemore, parting shot for the weekend. No, I would just say I agree with Adam on the commodity play. Uh, I think it, that's really where you want to be. The last time we had anything resembling a, a shortage economy would have been the 70s and, and commodities did phenomenally well. So I, I do think that's a very nice trade that has a lot longer to run. And obviously all that happened before Adam O'Dell was born in the 80s, <laughs> as he so quickly pointed out to just- I don't blame him. The, <laughs> just reiterate the fact that well. Charles and I are old and he's not. <laughs> 82, so just barely. <laughs> I, I have a retort for that, but I'm going to leave it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it, let it go just because I don't want to do that. Adam O'Dell parting a shot for the weekend. Uh, I'll just say that you mentioned AMC that you know, the stock doubled yesterday and it's up with that thousands of percents. Um, I'll just 3000%. Yeah. 3000. It's crazy. Right. Um, so I'll just do a plug for uh, my ask Adam anything series. Uh, we did get somebody to write in. I thought a pretty funny question and they asked are, are meme stocks immoral and so we're going to be tack tackling that question, uh, I think, on Monday. So tune in for that if you're interested in uh, meme stocks and whether they're immoral or not. It's uh, interesting. And I, I did talk about AMC in uh, our midweek version of the Bull and the Bear podcast, kind of right in the middle of, uh, of Wednesday's high price action and, and the, the, the halting of trading at least, I think, three times. It might have been only two uh, during about a 20-minute span. Uh, the market's uh, halted trading of AMC. Very interesting. You can check out that video. You can check out that on our podcast channel. Just go to your favorite podcast indicator and uh, you can listen to that. That's uh, uh, you know Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Same thing applies. Uh, just check out Money and Markets. You'll be able to find us. Green Bull and Bear logo. Subscribe, all that great stuff. So guys, appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, joining me for the weekend edition of The Bull and the Bear. We We've got a lot more coming up. Adam has already talked about Ask Adam Anything. Uh, I get to sit down and ask him anything that you want. I love it. I, I get to stump him, make him laugh. Uh, and I think at one point I made him hold his head down uh, in despair because I don't think he I don't think he expected the question I asked him. And if it hasn't happened, it will. Uh, also, Charles Sizemore has investing with Charles Sizemore. He uh, runs through uh, a battery of stocks, tells you what he thinks about them, whether they're good for you, whether they're bad for you. You definitely want to check that out. That comes out every week as well. I've got the marijuana market update uh, that comes out. So we talk about uh, the marijuana stocks. We also do have a new join feature on YouTube. Definitely encourage you to do that. If you're, uh, if you're on YouTube, just look up on our page and you see a little join button. If you click that, you'll be able to get access to much, much more content uh, that we provide on YouTube. Just uh, go and check that out. I encourage you to do that. Uh, after you're done watching this video. So we've got a lot more on the way. Check out moneymarkets.com. Uh, get signed up for our free daily e-letter. Uh, you'll get uh, access to all of that great, safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information uh, every day sent to your inbox for free. So for Adam O'Dell, Chief Investment Strategist and founder of Greens on Fortunes, Greens on Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore. Uh, I am Matt Clark, Research Analyst for Money and Markets. Wishing everyone safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.